This podcast is part of the GWC Network. For more information on it or to check out some of our other awesome podcasts, visit us at galacticwatercooler.com. After the tone, enjoy the show. Welcome to Modern Geek Podcast number 46, recorded June 17th, 2012. I'm Chuck. And I'm Juan. Welcome back to Modern Geek. Indeed. Warning up front, this will be the the Apple episode. <laughs> well, it's true. Well, there's been a lot going on this week with Apple, with the, you know, the developers conference and everything, and a, a whole ton of announcements. So, mm. uh, actually, at first, before we even get into that, I wanted to kind of note a couple of uh, uh, kind of app major updates. Uh, Holy in- crap! It was Instacast. the week of app yeah, updates. Yeah, I'm sorry. It was amazing. Yeah, it had all of these different updates. Instacast had a major update. The, I saw that the podcasting app. It seems to have uh, really stepped up in stability. Yeah, and, there's some uh, feature changes, but screw that, man. Just the stability was worth it. Yeah, it, it was pretty reliable, but it was you know a little on the slow side on my iPhone four. But uh, uh, now after the update, it's just it's just zipping along, and uh, you know even when I'm downloading multiple items, it's just uh, it seems to be working really well. So that was that was actually really uh, I was really excited about that. I you know, and I got to mention, I know I'm kind of skipping around here a little bit, but you know. A lot of people have been uh, tearing apart the iOS 6 uh, beta, of course. And one of the big kind of possibilities that people are foreseeing coming out of this will be a separation of podcasts from uh, from iTunes, sort of the way they separated video and audio in, in, uh, in a, a previous iteration. Right. And, you know, what's funny is, is that I think a lot of the drive for that, and this is just my own dumb opinion... Uh, is coming from the incredible success of apps like Instacast, which are filling a strong need that just is not being filled any other way. Yeah, the uh, the, the way that uh, iOS currently does podcasts, it's it's okay if you have a lot a lot of time to sync to your machine every day. Yeah, but one of the huge advantages of listening to podcasts on an iPhone versus or or any device like that, any smartphone versus, you know, a dedicated device, which is better in almost every other way, right? Is yeah. is the fact that you have uh you have data connections and you can therefore update without syncing across devices which you may not need to do i mean there's it's not always necessary everybody in the world does not listen to podcasts primarily on their desktop uh and then secondarily on their device like i mean i listen to podcasts primarily on my device and every once in a long time on my desktop yeah that's why i really like instacast is that it really gives you a really good front end for being able to manage uh the whole thing subscriptions yeah everything on the fly yeah, so anyway, I just I, I thought not only is this update a big deal because Instacast is better. Instacast was great beforehand, uh, which I and and on that same note, I would wholly recommend tell me if you disagree, but I would wholly recommend Instacast as the podcast app right now. I would say so, yeah. Right now it's it's the front runner and uh in terms of stability and feature set, it's just I mean, nothing can beat it at the moment. At it's least hot. nothing I've come across, yeah. 
I agree. Uh, the other one I was really excited about was the reader update for the oh, iPhone. Uh, the interface. Change. Oh, that interface is just so pretty now. Yes, it is. Have you discovered the swipe functions yet? Uh, not completely yet. No, I've still been kind of using it like the old app. <laughs> I did too, but, but I started wondering. I'm like, you know what would be really cool is if... Because you know how on the old one, the header stayed up there all the time at the top. Yeah. Yeah, with varying degrees of success, depending on your orientation of the screen, too. Right, but when you, so so the trick is you're reading, and uh, you scroll down, right? And now you want to go back. Yep. Well, it's cool now, because you get all that extra screen, and it doesn't flicker in and out and do all the weird crap. But on the other hand, you have to tap at the top to go up, and then tap back, right? Nope. Try swiping nope. right. I did come across that one, yeah. <laughs> that know, is very handy. I'm telling you. I mean, and uh, it handles multiple accounts now. Uh, this is just the crap. There's a bunch in there. This is just the crap that mattered to me real quickly, right? Mm. It now lets you configure the way it displays almost everything. So, like, you can have it display unread or total or whatever, both in the uh, uh, in the individual accounts and in the app badge. Mm-hmm. Um. Just all you can now subscribe to things with it. Ooh, that is a big. I'm I'm, I'm waiting for them to do that same update to the iPad because oh, yeah. I just it's always been a pain in the ass to have to go back to um, Reader uh, or on the Google site to go and and sort all that out. So it should be should be nice to be able to manage that. And you know, also the new uh, iPhone version supports the uh, two factor authentication for Google and everything too. So. Nice. It is just yeah. sweet. It is a great. There is, as far as I'm concerned, there's no better RSS reader app. Uh, you know, you should be consuming RSS on your devices because it's just awesome. And mm-hmm. uh, and if you're going to, I mean, I, this is the functional equivalent of reading the newspaper. You know, for me, yeah. everybody, oh, yeah. <laughs> totally. I like that's how I keep up with things. And and uh, reader is awesome. And the new one is a big deal. And they've already released a single update that kind of fixed a little glitch with the uh, new the app badge display and some things like yeah. that. So love it. Yeah, the thing keeps getting better and better. I love it. One one that I wasn't quite as impressed with, but was still a major update was the uh, the Xbox. Uh, what was it my Xbox Live app? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They updated it so that you can actually. Um, I'm not sure what it's called on the console. It's called something like. Um, like Xbox Companion or something like that. You turn that on, and then when you're logged into your live account on your Xbox and on your iPhone, you can launch apps on your Xbox from your iPhone and control them. I haven't tried it yet. When, when I, you mentioned I tried it, that it this day? morning. Oh yeah. Okay. How to get? Yeah. It, um, well, I tried booting Netflix, and it it, it came up with the um, you know the software update is available. You know, live has signed out. At which point the control didn't work anymore because <laughs> it had signed out. So I had to go use my remote and, and update the app. Then when I exited out and back in and Did it again. and tried it again, uh, trying to scroll around with the on iPhone keypad, yeah, it worked for about twenty seconds and then it got stuck in a scroll right. Damn. So no matter what I did, it was just keep scrolling right and. Uh, <laughs> I think they have a little ways to go with this one. It's not quite there, but it's a good idea. I think that maybe if they uh, work a little bit more on their on their software design, they might have something there. But because it is nice to be able to kind of scroll through your games and stuff on the iPhone and then just launch one right from there. Right. Um, it's a it's a, it's a cool idea. I don't know how much 
how much really practical application it has, though. Like, it's not like the uh, like a using the remote where no matter where you are, you can go up, down, left, and right. It's just you know you can launch an app and then control it. You know, here's the thing. Like, I get the idea. People are getting smart and realizing that man, screw you know these high buck you know programmable remotes. People are buying nine hundred dollar smartphones. Yeah, so why not use them as the controller? Right, and and you're seeing, I mean, besides the fact that you and I have been doing that for years now, you know, yep. <laughs> with uh, with computers, with air mouse, and computers are mobile mouse, and computers attached to the to the TVs. But besides that, uh, you know, a number of cable companies have been getting smart about that. AT and T now has uh, a well, uh, their app now allows remote control of the Uverse box via your. Uh, uh, via oh, yeah, your smartphone yeah. with about this incidentally about the same level of success. Um, uh, the, yeah. um, the, the, the Telus app for Telus TV actually uh, lets you program your DVR remotely. Yes, uh, they, the Uverse that has done that from the beginning. Yeah. Um, and that works great, by the way. I, I've, I've done that before, but never, uh, but I tried the remote and it kind of sucked. But, but I get where they're coming from, and it's a good idea. If they can make it work, I think it's I think it's super smart. I'm just I'm just not entirely sure that. Uh, I almost think that the answer here is, and, and this is this is probably stupid, but the answer here is not um, is not a big you know network thing as much as it is to do something like open a port the same way you do you know mobile mouse does. And then have a special port-to-port communication that makes it more real-time instead of this send right. a command, process it through God knows what and live, and then shoot it back to your body. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that they did it that way for the the ease of, you know, just if you're logged in, it'll work, and that's it, and that's yeah. all we care about. But it's it, yeah. it, it has to work for that to be yeah. useful. Yeah, yeah. They're logged in. It's that second half of the if you're logged in. It will work yeah, part that would be handy, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I mean, other than that, you're right. The update didn't show a lot of like incredible stuff. I played around with it a little bit, but I hadn't tried the remote yet. There were a ton of other updates too, but these, I think you hit the ones, those three other ones that are like a big deal. Yeah, there, there was, there were some other apps there, but, uh, but those are the ones that kind of stood out when I, when I, you know, did my software update and realized I had like eight app updates in yeah. one day. It's like, wow, okay, all right, uh, let's take a look at these. And, and you're always looking for the big ones. You see Instacast, you're like, what'd they do, what'd they do? Yeah, and then, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's not so much uh, important when you're looking at like a weather app or something like that, but when you when you depends on where you are, up, man. Well, yeah, I guess so, yeah. Sorry, I'm not in tornado country, so. Yeah. yeah what would that. I get? Accidental rain coming at me or something like that, but nothing really. Accidental <laughs> clear. <laughs> Oh no! An overcast is moving in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a big surprise there. Yeah. Oh no! I'll be slightly colder today. <laughs> well, the other big thing, of course, uh, as we mentioned up front, was uh, the big Apple Developers Conference, WWDC, which was actually on Monday, not Tuesday, as I believe I stated last Whoops. week. Yeah, which <laughs> means I completely had missed it live and uh, went back and reviewed it later. But you know, there's there was there was a lot of cool things there. Um, obviously, there wasn't any uh, information on a new iPhone or anything like that. Yeah. Um, they they're just not ready to release it yet. So right, you know, why kill iPhone 4s sales? Um, they did update the MacBook Air and MacBook Pro lines. 
with uh, with uh, kind of the latest processors, uh, better graphics cards, uh, uh, increased maximum flash storage for the Air. Uh, you can now have up to 512 gigs, um, where I believe before it was 256. Yep, that's uh, what they I have. They also updated to USB 3, um, which is really nice. Um, USB 3, as they, they pointed out many, many times on all the ports, not just one or two. Um, although I only have two, but so whatever. <laughs> um, you know, kind of incremental updates. That was pretty cool. The, the one that was making press was the new version of the MacBook Pro, which they're going to sell alongside the existing line called the MacBook Pro Retina. Which is this has yeah. yeah this has a twenty eight eighty by eighteen hundred <laughs> screen wow fifteen inch wow that's like wow okay that just that's pretty cool the, what the, the the most impressive the the thing that made me really realize how big how many pixels were on the screen was when they brought up a screenshot of Final Cut and said okay do you see the preview window in the top right corner right that is native res ten eighty p wow. And we still have all the room for all the tools and the uh, and the, uh, the the timeline at the bottom, all that stuff. Um, so yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> it's a point seven one inches thick, and they've they've done a lot of stuff like they're using custom parts for the display panel now. So like you know before you take a standard panel and put it sandwich it in between a piece of glass and the aluminum case. They just build it right into the thing now, which actually means, uh, I think it was iFixit that pointed out, it's actually the least repairable notebook ever. You know what? I, I have to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to whine for a moment here. All right. Prepare for the whinage. Whine away, sir. Um, you know, I, I am getting a little bit tired of blog snark. Like, you know, when, when the blogosphere was sort of an alternative to standard press, and the standard press was all like very close to PR, you know, like you get all this super positive stuff with nothing, you know, not really pointing it. Then, then the blog's job was really to point out all of the little things, you know, like, hey, this is the stuff everybody else didn't cover, right? Right. And it seems like even though the blogosphere has largely taken over the role completely, now i mean i i especially in the tech sector oh hell yes you know like let's face it i mean you're gonna look first most people are gonna look first at something like gizmodo or engadget before yep. they're gonna look to like i don't know you know computer world or something you know yeah who knows what before some magazine that you can't even remember the names of anymore uh <laughs> to find out what happened now the problem with that is that i feel like to a large extent uh, the blogosphere has not completely gotten out of that snarky pick up the little issues role. I think it's important that we talk about those. But whenever you see something new, the first 900 things you see out of blogs are crazy, nitpicky, weird stuff about like, 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 for example, I think it's interesting that it's the least repairable of, uh, of, you know, any of the, of the MacBook pros, right? That is not a lead concern. You know, yeah. it, it is something that I, is interesting, but it's not the big, you know, I guess to me, the big news. You're like, imagine that you built essentially a crazy jump forward in terms of, of how, uh, you know, display res on laptops. Oh, but by the way, it's custom built. So it's a little, it's harder to repair. Is that a surprise to anyone? Not really. No, I you mean, know, I mean, uh, duh. Useful. Yes. Lead? No. 
you know? Well, and, especially when the previous line is still available and being updated. And uh, yeah, and you're seeing, and so the first thing you see when, uh, you know, like, like all I, I've seen like five pieces on, on uh, Gizmodo recently about how, how, you know, messages is just garbage because it doesn't work the way they want it to. Okay. It's beta. Huh. They said it was beta. Yep. It's crappy in some ways. It works really well in others. I mean, I got to admit, I have come to very much rely on messages beta and, and, oh, me too. And that's, that's another point coming up here as to what's going to happen in terms of, uh, it after the upgrade. But that said, I mean, I just feel like, you know, again, What's interesting to me is where they're going to what they intend to actually do with it. But what we see is what they're not going to do with it. You know, and and I think at some point, I I think that all of these people we've come to rely on for news are going to have to realize that their role has changed and uh, start providing some lead first and the snark second, you know. Yeah, I'm done whining. That's it. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, I agree with you completely on that. Um, it, to be honest, this, this is, I think that this type of MacBook Pro has been a long time coming. Yeah, agreed. Um, you know, all flash, uh, no, no actual spinning hard drive. Um, up to 16 gigs of RAM. You know, seven hour battery. Um, they've they finally done away with some of the legacy ports like firewire mm-hmm. um and gigabit ethernet although you can just get uh uh thunderbolt adapters for those oh they are high buck have you looked <laughs> not yet no 250 300 bucks that sounds about right yeah because they're basically including what like a little controller exactly which would yeah it, it it makes sense that they that they would do that um, it's time. I mean, quite yeah. honestly, USB three is fine for for most of those interfaces, right? And then those needing specifically FireWire for specific functions or for legacy functions or specific hardware, they're probably the people that aren't going to mind dropping the money for that type of uh, that type of adapter anyway. So exactly, yeah, you know, I, 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 I think it, I think it's a good um, I think it's a good balance there. Um, you know, th- this thing is really pretty. Um, I, I'm I'm going to be interested to see what the actual graphics performance is going to be on it. Yeah. Because it has to drive that larger screen. Yeah. It makes a you difference. Know that, I mean, the, if you look at the internals of the thing, over 50% of it's like all battery. And you got to <laughs> think it's because it's driving that big video card and that big display. And, you know, that many pixels takes a lot of overhead to, to run. So, um, I mean, I, I mean when they're, they're shipping already. So we're, I, I would imagine we'd get some reviews pretty quick about uh, what these are looking like. But, it's, you know, I, I, I'm happy with that. Um, it starts at twenty one ninety nine, so it's nothing I'll ever be picking up. Um, <laughs> but you never know. I, I got to admit, uh, funny, back, it has the backlight keyboard. My, uh, my Air has the backlight keyboard. Really cool. Nice. Turned it off right away. Ah, I, I bet I'm such a geek. I looked at it. I'm like, ooh, that requires battery. Click. Click. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But actually, in the dark, it's kind of neat. Real dark room, putting it on its lowest setting. Good idea. Anyway. That is pretty cool. Yeah. And, you know, uh, of course, new OS very shortly. Yeah. Mountain Lion. Um, what did they say? It was coming out in July here, I believe. Yep. Yep. So that's going to be pretty good. Um, messages, they said, um, will be the messages beta is gonna, 
be removed from Lion and only available in Mountain Lion. I think I probably saw that coming. Yeah. Um, incidentally, this looks like this will be the last OS upgrade for the Mac Mini that I've had for a couple of years now. It's uh, it's it's uh, just on the bottom end of the uh, of of the supported hardware system, uh, list. Yep. So I'm I'm kind of screwed there for whatever comes after Mountain Lion, but uh, a lot of cool things coming up in Mountain Lion here. Um, they've uh, set up that whole uh, kind of notification system that they've uh, been tweaking on the iPhone and the iPad uh, as a kind of slide out from the right display on uh, OS 10, which is pretty nice. Um, you know, you can add a bunch of reminders and notes in there. They're basically porting those apps over to to the desktop operating system. Um, I love that, by the way. I I love the idea of Notification Center uh, slightly modified. That just strikes me as a really good idea. And kind of a fun side note on Notification Center, a lot of people wondered what would happen to Growl when uh, when it essentially becomes, you know, a duplicate to some extent of Notification Center. And that question was answered last week uh, when Growl 2 will be coming out shortly. And the trick is... It will continue to provide what it does, which is slightly different than Notification Center. Yet, here's the cool part. It is also going to provide an interface to Notification Center. Oh, that's slick. Yes, it is. When you imagine that people like us, for example, could do things like taking our relatively uh, kind of beta-ish, I would almost say more like alpha-ish, home control systems that we've been working on, home management systems, and and do things like you could, for example, when a door opens, have it, because Growl provides these awesome tools to Growl to, to network Growl, yep. uh, you could very easily network Growl that, and instead of it just showing up on the screens and going away, it would pop into Notification Center and show the list. So when you open it up, you would see all the crap that happened and can clear it. Really cool. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's cool that they've decided to work with the system instead of trying to defy it totally me too it, I, i'm glad that's gonna be cool um <laughs> the one thing they did say that the uh, notification system auto disables when you plug into a projector well that's smart it's just kind of funny it's like yeah that's that's about right they're bringing the uh, dictation stuff that's on the new ipad uh to os 10 as well nice which is nice I've, I've been using that a lot on the ipad for like quick google searches and stuff it's just like i don't want to type it in so i just press a button and it is very accurate so that's that's basically the uh, the the search the uh, the translation thing from Siri, um, but without all the Siri goodness. So right. I, I I do like that. Um, again, Twitter integration into everything, uh, uh, which I figured was coming. Uh, sure. You know, all the kind of tweet to do anything kind of thing that's been on iOS is is coming to to the to the desktop as well. Um, one thing that will make me want to try out Safari on the desktop is uh, iCloud tabs. Huh. Do you hear about this? No. Uh, what this means is that, um, say I'm looking at a web page. I've got like three, three tabs open on my iPad. And I come across a page that I want to uh, check out later on my desktop. When I go to my desktop, in the bookmarks menu, there will be uh, open tabs elsewhere. And they'll be like, your iPad has these tabs open. You can click oh, on them nice. and load up that website. Yeah. Which is way better than Tab Sync, which people will be doing, which I'm like, I don't want Tab Sync. Tab Sync sucks. Why would I ever want to automatically sync all of the tabs I have open on anything to anything no. else? However, oh, no. see them? 
Nice. Yeah, being able to access them from a menu, that's that smart. is going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, that's enough to make me want to try Safari on the desktop again. Yeah. I'm using Chrome right now, but oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Power Nap is interesting. They basically, for the latest uh, Air and uh, MacBook Pro with Retina display, mm-hmm. uh, when you have, when you put it into sleep mode, it can do its system updates. Nice. And uh, push notifications and uh, backup as well. So I, I don't know what that's going to do to uh, standby battery performance, but it, you will be able to still get, like, I, I'm going to guess probably sound notifications when something happens, even when the, um, when the MacBook's closed. That'd be cool. That is a cool idea. I'm not sure how well it'll work in practice, but it's something pretty cool. Um, airplay mirroring. Uh, so you can basically just mirror your entire screen to an Apple oh, nice. TV. Nice. Yeah, they were they they demoed it playing a game on the AirPlay over Apple TV, hmm. and it seemed to be pretty pretty snappy. I mean, you know, it's a demo, so I mean, they're going to make it snappy, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it it that, that's that's been a long time coming. Uh, AirPlay audio support as well, uh, not just in iTunes. And, huh. uh, so that's. That opens it up. That that that's kind of been locked down for a long time. So it, it's going to be nice to be able to use the Mac uh, with all of this AirPlay stuff that's uh, slowly been creeping into everybody's houses. Hell yeah! And it's only twenty bucks uh, down from thirty. And that you know, last time they, this just happened, but uh, one one account you buy it once and it's good for all of your machines. Nice. Which which was the case for Lion uh, with the App Store, but. You know, it's it's kind of good that they just said, "Yeah, don't worry, it is okay. <laughs> you don't have to buy twenty dollars per machine that you're updating." So, I'm, there's, there's, I'm still I'm still stuck on the fact that I'm, I'm still so used to paying 180 bucks for a for an operating system that even if they had said 20 bucks, I probably would have been like, "Hmm, okay." Yeah. Whereas 20 for all of them, man, this is great. I, I'm yeah. not sure. I mean, on one hand, I like the quick updates because it's nice to get the new features relatively soon and for a relatively small price. On the other hand, it is seem it does seem to cause older hardware to fall off pretty quick. I yeah, uh, it's 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 kind of a yeah. It, it, I'm I'm not trying to feel about it. I mean, the 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 updates are always welcome, and I I do appreciate them. Um, but seeing my i my Mac Mini on the end of that supported hardware list made me kind of, you know. Yep, like I have was a little with my laptop of, last time. It. Yeah. Oh. So I don't know. I, either way, the the features, you know, it's 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 like Lion is that I've gotten, you know, I was kind of reluctant to upgrade to it, but when I did, I kind of really started to appreciate the new features that they have, and then now I'm kind of addicted to them. So you know, <laughs> it, I, I I'd say it's a win. So the biggest stuff is all around iOS 6, though, right? Yes. I mean, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, and they, uh, uh, strangely enough, led off with the fact that Siri now knows about sports. Um, it looks like from what I can That was my big s- concern. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> actually, it, it is kind of cool. You know, it's, um, you know, kind of, you can just say, like, what was the score of the latest Giants game or whatever, and it, and it does know about that. Uh, the results page looks like they're starting to include other back-end vendors of data. Ah, nice. Um, you know, like when, when you did a Siri search for something that Wolfram Alpha uh, answered, it came up very specifically with kind of like the Wolfram Alpha style oh, man, of answer. Yeah. 
Totally. It looks like they've got more of those on the back end, which is good. Um, they they had to because they've expanded the local searches and stuff uh, out quite a bit. Um, before, the local searches and stuff weren't available in Canada, for example. Um, and now that's been added. Uh, I, I'm going to guess it's because they needed that French requirement uh, in there as well. Mm. Uh, but mm. yeah, they, they're they're updating all of that. So Siri is getting smarter, effectively. Um, Yelp reviews, integrated open table for reservations, all that kind of stuff that, um, you know, movies, uh, including Rotten Tomatoes scores, that kind of thing. <laughs> nice. So it, it, it's getting a lot. It's, it's starting to integrate a lot of the features that you would previously need a separate app for, like um, like the Cineplex, uh, you know, movies app or something like that, where you'd actually have to go into a separate app to buy something. Now you can just go, you know, you know what movies are playing at my local theater, and it'll show you them, and you can just buy tickets right from there. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. Um, you can launch apps from Siri now. That's cool. That is cool. See, so, yeah, you know, like, you know, open reader or whatever. Yeah, um, there's a feature called Eyes Free, um, which is really cool. Um, it's only going to be available for newer vehicles, but what it does is that when you have your uh, when you have your iPhone plugged into your uh, into your car, you can use Siri to control you know, your iPod and all the messages, features, and stuff that you would with Siri, but it doesn't turn on the screen and it doesn't distract you while nice, you're driving. Nice, Which they've been doing with other types of smartphones, uh, like with the Ford Sync system for a long time. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But it is nice to see that uh, iOS is starting to catch up on that feature. Uh, again, though, it's, it is only for... It's a, it's a vendor-specific feature that only, you know, new vehicles are going to support. So, you know, if you think you're going to use this with... You know, like, for example, my 99 Sonoma <laughs> pickup truck. That's not going to work, no. Now, in, a, in, an, in an instance, just to uh, present the other side of my previous uh, rant, um, in a case of Blogsnark being awesome, uh, it was pretty funny. I can't remember if it was Engadget or, or, uh, or Gizmodo who just picked up the phone and called the, the, some of the various, uh, I think it's nine of them, uh, automakers that they announced would carry these steering wheel buttons. Yep. And uh, quite a number of them had no idea <laughs> that they that were doing about right. this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> had no, uh, could, could not confirm any, any, any devices in the, in the, you know, in the running. Uh, right. So, so it's going to happen, but I don't know if those nine are really the uh, in ending list of what's going to happen. It could be a case of pressure to do it. I hope they do indeed get pressure to do it and end up doing it. I would love to see a very un-Apple-like standard for this, uh, something that would uh, – a button that would trigger and connect correctly to the button on the phone. Uh, I can say, for example, nice. in my Honda right now, in, in yep. the uh, – uh, in this 2010 Honda that I have, it it has a uh, um, the button that operates the nav system will indeed trigger the phone. Yep. Um, but it does not always work as the button on the phone. So uh, so you can do some huh. things but not others with it. So if they were to standardize that a little bit and give you some button controls that were available to all manufacturers, that would be smart. I think. You know I. I- we, uh, every every so often we talk about this, and I still agree with our original uh, our original uh, conclusion was that if they could just take those sat nav systems in the cars 
and have it as an airplay mirror of your phone screen. <laughs> yeah, that would be the ultimate thing. That'd be cool. You know, that just would. plug it into a charger, stick it in the in the uh, in the glove compartment or whatever, and then just be able to uh, yeah. to not even have to worry about it. Just have it integrated into the car. They never will do that ever, unfortunately. But would be cool though. Yeah, Facebook integration is going to be coming to in the same way that Twitter is right now. Oh, that's cool. I think that's that's something that they really did need to do. I mean, Facebook is is definitely the uh, the way that a lot of people uh, a lot of people communicate, and being able to do that without having to launch their um, you know oft crappy app um, will be nice. Uh, just to be able to you know. Um, you know, send a picture right from the photos or, you know, that kind of stuff. I, th- I think that that's... Oh, and also it will it integrate your Facebook calendars, including birthdays and events and that kind of stuff, into your iOS calendar hmm. as, a, as another calendar, which is not... Which I think is, is probably a good idea. Um, yeah, especially considering the way it works, that if... I'm pretty familiar with calendar because I have like eight of them and I use the crap out of it. You can, yep. you can turn the display of calendars on and off, so it's kind of cool. Yeah, I think that would yeah. work. I think well, a lot of people do use do use the Facebook calendars for uh, for event planning. I know that uh, I just went to on on Friday. I went to my ten uh, uh, year high school reunion. Oh yeah, and they organized it entirely via Facebook and had like the event set up and that. Oh kind of yeah, thing, so makes sense. Yeah. Oh yeah. The uh, the phone app uh, is getting a bit of an update. Um. It. Uh, it, you can have a, a do not disturb mode. That is hot. Yeah, and what's cool about it is that you know you can set it so that repeated calls do ring through. Nice. So if it's an emergency, somebody can just call you twice, and then the second one will ring through. Uh, you can have it fine grain control over that, allow specific calls from specific people, that kind of thing. So, um, I, I I know that I would use that for for a number of things. I do have oh, like yeah. server monitoring that right now. I just have it send me emails. But I've I've learned to kind of tune it out while I was uh, while I'm sleeping. I just put it on silent or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it would be nice to have it like say in my my server monitoring for like an emergency one. Send a text message that would be in the DND exclude list, nice. and then have it you know ping through and actually wake me up. Like for example, if this you know one one of the servers gets a uh, spam attacked in the middle of the night and I need to restart services that it would be nice to have that emergency stuff come through but not just like warnings and stuff nice hell yeah this is the kind of stuff that phones should have and i love that they're they're in a position to kind of ram it down everybody's throat yep uh facetime is now over uh cellular connection as well interesting i wonder how much data that uses i have no idea (laughs) i i don't know i've i've not used facetime much um me either I don't know. I just don't want to. I, I don't care to do video calls. Most really. of the time. Yeah. Hell, I mean, even when we could do video over Skype, we don't always. Yeah. There's Hell, just I don't no need. Like having, you know? I don't even like making phone calls. So <laughs> video phone calls isn't, isn't that much more appealing to me. So, yeah, whatever. I'm with you. It looked like Safari was getting a bit of an update as well. Um, the, uh, the photo roll should now be uh, accessible from an attachment button on a website. Oh, that's handy. Okay. Yeah, like before, we haven't really had a way of uploading attachments yeah. from the iOS devices. Easily, so ha- yeah. having the photo roll available will be pretty handy, especially if for like, uh, 
if you're trying to post to a site or something like that and you oh, want to yeah. attach an image or something that that'll be really nice um there's some updates to photo stream uh, mail has a vip's feature so that you know you can Win. set up set up certain flags uh you can flag and uh, insert photo and video directly and you don't have to do that go to your photo thing copy the image go to the email paste it anymore right you can just kind of just insert it straight into the body of the text um a new feature that they've set up is passbook did uh, you see this i did this is cool what this t- does is like there's a lot of apps out there right now like for like we were talking about purchasing movies um movie tickets uh purchasing uh you know you know putting in your reservation code for a flight um your starbucks gift certificate card and all of these are like little barcodes or um what are those square ones called uh qr codes Uh that you know you put on the screen and then whoever has the little scanner scans it and it, it you know debits your account or checks you into your flight or whatever passbook will be partnering with a lot of those services to just have that app as like a central location for all of that stuff. So instead of, instead of having all of these different apps that have to start up and then go in and, and, and some of them don't even save the information, this will just, you know, once you put it in there, it's in, in a list that, you know, you're like, okay, here's my Air Canada one. I click on that. It brings up my check-in code so then I can just scan it. And it's just there. Um, I think this is a cool idea. I do too. I wonder how much it works because it almost requires it's it's not a standard, it's their thing and I'm not sure that everybody's willing to do 3 or 4 of these for everybody. Uh and I'm and I don't think Apple's willing to participate in an ongoing standard which is what would be really awesome. Right. Um what would be nice would be for there to be like an e-wallet or e passport or whatever you want to call it standard that would allow you know, people to create services around these and then have it integrate via a variety of UIs and, and interfaces mm. on different uh, mobile operating systems. But, um, but I like the idea as a whole. You yeah. Know? Th- this is one of those apps that it's like, it's a great idea in, in theory. Right. But the success of it all comes down to execution. Yeah. Is that if, if you don't have the, the vendor support for this, if the the program isn't faster than the the like say the Alaska Air app or whatever right, right right or the Starbucks app, if it's more convoluted or harder to to use or not supported everywhere compared to the the native app, you know this may be one of those features that gets a lot of initial drive, and then within six months everyone's like, well, okay, well we can develop our own app and do better than this because there's other features we want. We want seat selectors for the airlines or. We want refill buttons for the Starbucks card or, you know, all that kind of stuff that if Apple hasn't thought through the contingencies that the, the vendors have, they'll just drop support for it after they realize it's not going to fit for their situation. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm totally uh, with you. In terms of uh, a family use, uh, there's guided access now. You can actually lock your iPad into a single mode, ah. like into a single app. Uh, for like, for example, if you have uh, a kid that you that you have like you know like a uh, teach you spelling program or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. The problem with that is that they've always been able to hit home and then go to Safari and punch up porn or something, right? Uh, by purpose or by accident, right? Uh, now, now you can actually lock into a specific app so that you can't get out of it. Um, I'm not sure how you unlock from it. I'm going to guess a password or something like that, but. 
it is uh i think it's just another one of those incremental updates that that make it uh that much more usable for for more people i mean i i uh i think one of the uh examples that they used was um there are some apps on on the uh ios store that are to help uh children with learning disabilities or autism be able to communicate right but it's also you got to make sure that they can't get out of the app otherwise they can't communicate uh, or um and yeah, yeah so it, it's it's i think it's something that probably should have been in there before and it's it's good that it is now here comes the big one yeah this is the one that i think has probably gotten i mean even more than the macbook air or macbook pro retina quote uh discussion i think maps has gotten the the, the biggest kind of uh you know it's because it affects the here. largest number of people yeah they're ditching google maps which is not surprising i guess which, yeah i mean they've they've had a pretty uh interesting let's say uh relationship with yeah. uh with google in the past few years agreed um what, what i mean what when you first saw this and and the kind of uh you know pop-up 3d uh buildings and all that stuff what what was your initial impression of it okay uh first thought was wow it looks pretty you know it looks cool i like that that's useful um especially when you're navigating downtown it can be useful to see what things look like as opposed to just uh you know what the map says on the other hand uh my 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 next immediate thought was wow what a bummer losing street view because i actually use street view um i don't really explore with it a lot but i found that when i'm looking for a small business that i've never been to for example it's nice to just flip to street view and look around and see what it looks like right from 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 your car or from the street yeah yeah because yeah, it's it's it makes it a hell of a lot easier to locate when you actually get there uh so so would that be that gone i mean i i think that that the cool fly flyover is not going to necessarily as nice as it as sweet as it looks is not necessarily going to replace uh the value of street view uh, yeah they're, they're not really uh it's not an even trade in terms of value i mean right that that said i mean i i don't know that it's the end of the world i mean i use it but um if honestly if it works okay if it if it works at a reasonably similar level to google maps you know and and one of the big deals is turn by turn navigation with this right that That would offset it right there yeah, I mean that that's the cool thing. Also turn by turn navigation and you can even have the screen locked and it'll still keep going. That's awesome. Um I do like that. Um the the other one that really stuck out um for me other than that was that it's a vector based rendering. Uh-huh. So it's not need a ton of power and battery and uh network. Uh Google Maps was, you know, streaming images, right? Yep. of of their maps. And you know, we've all seen that kind of, you know, chop in where where the uh the images don't quite load correctly or, you know, there's no image available at this zoom level, that kind of thing. That's not a problem with vector-based graphics because they just, you know, scale up, scale down. Right. Not a problem. Right. So I, I was actually really, I, I think that this is going to be one of those apps that performs really well on the 4S and whatever's coming out later this year. I think this is going to be one of those killers that will uh, that will probably not work well with older hardware because of the fact that it's doing a lot of rendering. Right. But... Yeah traffic too uh with traffic's interesting yeah and and you know there's i've seen traffic integration in a couple of different systems both on um on uh 
Pioneer Systems that that I worked with for a while on two different in-car systems. Yep. Uh, you know, factory nav systems, and it can be helpful. It's not that often. Um, it usually because you know, ten minutes is forever in traffic. You know, like yeah. uh, the change in ten minutes can be huge, and and it's just hard to get accurate that way. Uh, but I think in some specific uh, instances, it would be useful. I'm, you know, I one more wine here, same thing. I, again, the posts we saw immediately after where people were like, Apple is trying to kill you, you know, and you're like, what? And you, what? <laughs> you, you look and it's like, oh, look, you know, the new maps showed you turning off a, an overpass or something, you know? And I'm like, yeah, because, you know, you probably couldn't figure that out. Oh, by the way. Mistakes in Google Maps all the time as well. Uh, oh, I, definitely, yeah. I don't know if if these people in San Francisco or New York who are like, oh, it's fine, you know, uh, have ever, you know, my my, you know, parts of the, you know, of the of the development that I live in didn't appear on Google Maps for two years after it was built. Right, yeah, there, that farm road was still a farm road for a while, right? Yeah, there are sections of, of highway that have opened that it still thinks have not opened years later to where it will direct you to get off and on the highway. Yeah, I, I think that that's going to be a failing of any map service. No I mean, kidding. Yeah, that's my boy. You know, I'm like, the, yes. The, the other thing that, that, I mean, to take another uh, point of view, I am comparatively in a very rural area to you. Um. There won't be any flyover stuff for our area. Nope. There won't be any um, traffic services for our area. Uh, the turn-by-turn navigation will, like like you said, uh, like your area, will be out of date. Um, uh, I still I, like it, though. I, I still think it's a good idea. Siri integration, which actually yeah. makes me think that oh, it won't yeah. even be available for the four. You know what? I, I got to tell you, Siri integration, turn-by-turn, I, I realize that turn-by-turn is going to make mistakes. I'm not going to just put yeah. it in and hit the button and do whatever it says. I'm not, you know, and it's funny though, because I guess that comes from a guy who like, I still remember one time, you know, uh, you know, I'm a private pilot and a long time back I was going somewhere with one of a company's airplanes uh, that I work for. And I got in the airplane with another guy who was, uh, who, who was, who also worked there and he was supposed to be flying and I'm sitting there kind of, it's early morning and I'm just kind of half paying attention yeah. And uh, we get out and and we take off out of out of uh, an airport near Dallas, and it's pretty funny. We're uh, we're going to Houston, right? Okay. Which I think most people realize is south of Dallas, right? Okay. <laughs> uh, and and we had a Loran in it. Loran is for people who don't realize is like uh, is like uh, Stone Age GPS. Essentially, it's the way these signals bend around the earth, and you could use these multiple radio signals from different broadcasts to figure out where you are, blah, blah, blah. It works very much like GPS, except it's less accurate, and it takes longer to lock in and everything, right? Okay. But we had a Loran, and he had plugged in the identifier for the airport we were going to near Houston, and uh, immediately turned to the heading that it gave him for it and started flying, right? Oh, jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Northeast. And I'm like, why are, we, why are we going northeast, man? You know, I thought at first, you know, I wasn't paying close attention. So I thought ah, maybe, you know, ATC directed him around a little bit, you know. Yeah. And then I, we just kept going. And then I, I saw he was just he was on the heading from the autopilot. And I'm like, man, that I mean, not the autopilot, but from the Lorian. I'm like, that ain't right. You know, 
Yeah. Finally, I'm like, why are we going northeast? He's like, I don't know, you know. And I'm like, really? <laughs> I'm like, I have the airplane, you know. <laughs> okay, number yeah. one, you know, we're not doing this. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm I'm not riding in an airplane with some jackass who is doing what some on the panel tells him and not no, has blindly no idea. follow the computer. That's a good idea. Where we are, where we're going. I'm sorry, you're done. You know, number two. Uh, what he had done was he had plugged in something one letter off. He didn't even look to see that the range to this place that he had plugged in was thousands of nautical miles. Also Jeez. a problem. You know, yeah, go figure. You just learn to like think about crap like that. Why does this information fit with the other information I have? I mean, on a on a most complex level with instrument flying, you know, you're always doing an instrument scan, looking to say, does what this instrument is telling me match what that instrument is telling me? You know, yep. uh, so you can tell if a system fails. But I mean, if you plug in something into say an autopilot, a GPS, or whatever now, and it says that it's twenty two hundred nautical miles away, and you realize that it's you're only planning to be in the air for forty five minutes. Okay, something right. You know what yeah. happened? If you're going to Houston from Dallas and it tells you to go northeast, why? That doesn't make sense. What's going on here? You know things like right, that. Apply some critical thinking to your situation. Just a tiny bit, you know. So, yeah. so what I ended up using them for though are things like a lot of times I will look very quickly at an overview just to see where you know main roads that get me to an area, and then when I get close, I'll fire off you know more accurate navigation. Um, turn by turn is handy, especially when traveling, you know, when you're in a place you don't know anything about, uh, it can be useful where you can focus more on analyzing what's around you and whether that makes any sense to do that. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So I, I love the feature, even if I'm not going to use it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you gotta take it all within, you know, with, within reason. I mean, my, my parents had a, had a standalone GPS when, uh, this one time they went to, uh, Alberta and, they were, they could see the airport to, to, on the right side of the road, and it says, "Okay, turn left, go east thirty miles." Yeah, think it's about like, well, that. we're trying to go to that airport. It's like, nope, go thirty miles. Yeah, let's just east. go to that airport. <laughs> like, you know, let's go to the airport instead. Yeah, yeah. They had some pretty nasty uh, nasty words to say about that GPS system, but you know, I, I think it's I think that overall, this is going to be a better maps app. Um, but it might. T- I, I would be very surprised if it was a better Maps app on day one. So I would also be surprised if Google didn't start putting out their own Maps app as well. Oh, they already did. Um, I, well, oh, I don't know they? about for this, but I don't know if you saw that uh, they are incorporating, uh, and I know we don't have time to talk about it here, but they are incorporating a bunch of features into Google Maps that will be on Android phones only. So uh, there you oh, go. Oh, yeah, yeah. That sounds about right. So, yeah, I noticed, okay, quick summary of some of the remaining things here. Uh, the per account signatures in mail, that's that's awesome. Thank that's good God. because Finally. there's four out of five accounts. I have my signatures David, and then for the one that I need to change to Juan, I uh, have to go manually fix it. So that'll yeah, be nice. Just, in my case, I just turn them off you know, because I have so many I can't do that. So I just turn it off and don't right. use signatures on the iPhone, which sucks. So Yeah. The so, yeah. Uh, lot. The, uh, the 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 supported list is actually pretty pretty good. We're still supporting the 3GS with iOS six. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. You probably won't get half the features, but hey, you know, and it'll well, run so yeah. slow that you know you could. Uh... I'm gonna guess the same is gonna be true for the iPhone four. Um, it's it's a it's a couple. It's it, by the time this gets released, it'll be a couple generations behind. So. I'm going to bet that the four is going to work. You're going to get most, if not all, of the features. They'll be a little bit slow. That would be That's my probably, guess. 
Yeah. That's how it was with the 3G. Yeah. Until the, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, no iPad 1 support. Yep. Yep. Uh, iPad 2 and 3 only. Uh, iPod Touch 4th gen and above. Uh, I, I think that's pretty much expected, except for the fact that 3GS was still supported. But, I mean, I guess they've got a lot of units out there because it's the $0 phone right now. Yeah. It's still, I guess, you know what it is? It's probably because it's still actively being produced and sold. Right. Yeah. yeah. They have to support it. I'm going to guess that they're probably not pleased about it. <laughs> well, uh, we ran a little long. Not that that's a bad thing, but uh, you got anything to add here before we wrap up? Uh, not really. Just wanted to, uh, I'm sure you've noticed by now, but I was feeling a little under the weather today. So I uh, apologize for the kind of uh, monotone voice, but uh, <laughs> hopefully next week we'll be back with some uh, a little more enthusiasm on my side and, uh, and a yeah. lot less cough muting. So, you know. Yeah, and a little less Apple, too. So it'll be uh, yeah. it'll be a good thing. We'll see you next week. From everyone here at Modern Geek and GWC, thanks for listening. If you have something to add to the show, a news tip, feedback on anything we've discussed, or just some random awesomeness, we'd love to hear from you. Give us a call at 214-296-9229. That's 214-296-9229. And follow the instructions there to leave us a message for inclusion in a future podcast. You'll find other GWC podcasts, as well as the friendliest people in geekdom, on the GWC website and forum at galacticwatercooler.com. And don't forget, financial support from listeners like you keep all GWC podcasts on the net each week. To find out how to donate, visit galacticwatercooler.com slash donate.